0: So one of the ways that the Fed tries to tame inflation is to lessen the demand. If I make things more expensive, maybe y'all won't want it as much. And so then we can start to bring the prices down to a level where you want it, right? So the Fed wants to make things less desirable to lower demand so that prices can stabilize. But what that means, if you have a credit card with a variable rate, which is attached to the prime rate, which is affected Mm -hmm. by the Fed rate, is that you're going to see an impact within a billing cycle or two. Your debt is essentially going to get more expensive. And if they do another rate hike at the end of the year, it'll get more expensive again. So if you're paying 16.5% now, by the end of the year, you could be paying closer to 20%.
1: Welcome to the Rich and Regular podcast presented by Success, where we explore life at the intersection of money. I'm Julian.
0: And I'm Kirsten. And today's episode is about credit card debt. Yay, credit card debt. (laughs) More specifically, what you can do to manage it, keep it under a reasonable level, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we dive in, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. For all of the support around our book, Cashing Out. It came out last week on the 14th, and we actually got to spend some time in New York uh, for Good Morning America, and then since then have just had the opportunity to interact with so many of you online, and in some cases offline, mm-hmm. and just seeing your reactions as you read our words. It's just a really surreal experience, and... I'm honestly still processing it, so I don't have uh, a ton of words to say other than we are just so grateful and appreciate each and every one of you, all of the people that, you know, the handful of y'all that <laughs> DM'd us about how many times we said the word excited. All of this <laughs> stuff just reminds us that we're not just talking into the mics and that there are actual people on the other end listening and learning and and getting energized off of what we're saying and we just, you know. Thank you.
1: Yeah, last time, um, last time, last night, we had a really nice dinner with our, our literary agent, Lucinda, in, in Tribeca. Mm-hmm. We were in New York. And we were just kind of, you know, she was just like, uh, So, how are you? How are you feeling? <laughs>
0: you like, know, because, like,
1: she's one of the few people that were there in the very beginning. This is about a three year process for us. Uh, and so it was really interesting just to kind of reflect back on when we first met and we were just, thinking about the deal, or just even like the different times that we've been to New York over the years, in and out on business and having meetings. Uh, but it was really just one of the great moments. But anyway, I bring that up because she asked me how we were. And I was like you, just kind of like, I don't know yet. <laughs> it's kind of all delayed. So at the moment that we're recording this, we, we are excited. Because I don't want it to feel like we're not as excited as we were oh last time. So like, yeah. <laughs> it's more like, whoa, it all kind of hit all at once, a ton of press, a ton of podcasts, a ton of positive energy yeah. is all a wave. And so I think we are probably coming down from a high, yeah. but like also in a bit of a daze because of that high. Yeah. So all of that to say my version of this is to say thank you guys to everyone that's <laughs> listened to everyone that has clicked through and, and purchased an audio book or a ebook or a hardcover copy, whether it was through Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, you name it. We appreciate it. Um, that's enough of that. That's not why we're here. We're actually I here know, to talk about.
0: A more sobering topic. Yeah. like wow, wow. Credit card debt. Credit card debt.
1: But it, it's a real thing. And I think um, going back to what kind of triggered it, I don't know if you were going to mention this or not, but there was something that she tweeted. And it was oh, it was a retweet, but it was basically this chart. And it basically yeah. showed like credit card debt. Over time, Mm
0: -hmm. it was just like Mm -hmm. it
1: looked like like a bull market, right? Like it was it was just kind of crazy the way that we've sort of really embraced credit cards and uh, it becoming like the primary means of payment. So it's certainly, you know, something worthy of diving into a little bit. So I'm glad we're I'm glad we're talking about it.
0: Yeah. So I actually alluded to this on another episode a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. and said that American spending was outpacing inflation. And inflation just came in at like 8.6%, and American spending was up above and beyond that. And as we suspected at the time, just beneath that trend was another one around credit card debt. But a couple of days ago, the Federal Reserve, who will continue to come up in this episode, (laughs) they've got (laughs) main character energy around our economy right now. The Federal Reserve released their monthly credit report and found that debt from credit cards and other revolving plans, but most of this is credit cards, jumped nearly 20% in April from the previous month to a record $1.103 trillion, which actually breaks the pre-pandemic record of $1.1 trillion. And the reason that this is news is because Americans actually had a record-setting reduction in debt. In credit card debt back in 2020, mm-hmm. we were all kind of locked down and doing all of the saving. We were super excited that we were crushing our debts, and we were just happy to be inside. Yeah,
1: I remember reading those stories about like yeah. how you know Americans were doing the right thing. Oh yeah, eliminating we're debt, super responsible, and being very you know cautious and
0: yeah, yeah. So then in 2021, we added about $86.2 billion in new credit card debt. But the funny thing is that most of that, approximately $73 billion of the 86, came in the fourth quarter alone. So we were actually good, like the first three quarters of... 2021 so you would think okay we had some fun end of 2022 maybe mm-hmm. we did some christmas shopping a bunch of home buyers out there a bunch mm-hmm. of diy and renovators Nope. <laughs> you would think that when 2022 came around we'd be paying it off but the truth is that we've only paid as a country 13.2 billion dollars in the first uh quarter of 2022 paid it down yes which is actually 76% less than we had paid towards our credit card debt in 2021. So this yeah. is a massive shift in American perspective in 12 months. In 2021, we were all paying on down our debt. We paid down 76% more debt in 2021 than we have so far in 2022. So I'm just curious. I have my own theories, but I'm curious about like why, why do you think the perspective has shifted so much? Because we knew what to do. A year ago, yeah, and now we don't.
1: <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't know that it's even fair to say that we knew what to do a year ago. I, we I think, were up
0: against different challenges. I think for we were sure. up. It was yeah. confusing. Like
1: no one knew what to do, where things were going, how long things were going to last. Um, I think it's safe to say it was a bit of a uh, shock reaction mm-hmm. to just kind of pause and try to assess exactly mm-hmm. what's going on. Like you know, there were there were bigger issues than like paying your credit card debt at that you know in the earlier stages. But I think there there are. It's a really complex thing. And um I, I've I've given a little bit of thought, but I, I don't know that it's any one thing. and so in no order of importance. Right? I think a a good bit of it is just sort of pent up demand, right? Yeah. It's it's that hey, people like spending is a part of American culture. Not being able to do that um is is, is disruptive and feels unnatural to a lot of people and so when you start to see other people that are out and doing it, it kind of encourages you, and there's a little bit of FOMO mm-hmm. involved in that, and so you just become, you know, there was a term for it too. It was almost like frustrated demand, or
0: like oh, it was revenge spending, revenge spending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was a term,
1: but <laughs> frustrated demand. It's <laughs> not nearly. that's that sexy. not nearly. But but it's the same same idea. I think the other part is like it's not just. Um, Small stuff too, right? Like it's it's also houses, yeah, and sold cars, in cars, yeah. And you know,
0: lots m- of people I know have made major purchases this year. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and I I be honest with you, man. I, shout out to the people who were able to find some good deals.
0: Uh,
1: I feel like the, you're few and far between. Like yeah. most people are really, really having to um, pay significantly over mm-hmm. asking price, and um, that that can that can really have some negative. Uh, Blowback, so I think that plays a role in it too. Um, I think people feel a little bit squeezed by inflation because it's it's very difficult to predict, you know, how much next month versus the previous month is going to be. And so when you're unsure, no different than when you're just short, you kind of hedge a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? And so that leads to revolving credit card debt. But I also think that there's just a new interest in. uh, I have no data to support this, by the way, (laughs) but I think that there's renewed interest in using. Uh, mobile payments. And Mm. I believe that because of that, there's not nearly as much of a sense that people are actually spending. So for a while, and I feel like an old man saying this, but I remember when credit cards were on the rise and there were articles floating around about how people don't realize how much they're spending because they're not using cash. And I think now that there's like a new level of that. Well, people don't recognize that they're spending their money because you've got you know, just two clicks on your, on your, your Apple Watch or uh-huh. just, you know, logging in to something and there it is, Apple Pay and all that stuff. So it's convenient, but I think it also has a tendency to kind of make people spend more. So I think all of those things combined yeah. are kind of playing a role in why we're seeing such, like, record-breaking spending and it all being put on credit cards.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think it's the perfect storm of reasons that all kind of fall neatly in this intersection of life and money that we talk about every week. There are absolutely those who were already on the edge, living paycheck to paycheck, and had no choice but to use a credit card to offset The increased prices from inflation. But I have no doubt because I know these people and I talk to them regularly that there are many, many others who haven't been able to ignore all of the TikToks and the Facebook ads or the vacation splurges or whatever your vice is. And it's just way more expensive than it was. A year ago. Oh, yeah. And y'all know we are not here to judge you. We don't think debt is inherently bad. Our stance is that, you know, debt should be intentional. And the real work is that auditing, you should be auditing your spending to make sure that it's aligned to your values. But there are implications to record levels of debt, particularly while we face a bear market and a potential recession. And so before we get into some tips about keeping your debt at bay. We want to make sure you understand the stakes here. So going back to the numbers that I mentioned at the top of the episode, when I said that consumers added, I think it was $86 billion of credit card debt in 2021. I think it's also important to note that credit card debt only accounts for 5% of all U S consumer debt. The lion's share of American debt is those non-revolving loans like auto loans, student loans, and mortgages. Yeah. But if there's one thing that we learned about debt and percentages is that you cannot be fooled by the seemingly small numbers. Although it is only 5% of consumer debt, it carries some of the highest interest rates, which are at about 16.5% right now and rising. And so what is somewhat alarming is that the Fed announced an interest rate hike, a not surprisingly record interest rate hike. And is expecting to raise the interest rates 75 basis points to try to tame inflation. So one of the ways that the Fed tries to tame inflation is to make is to lessen the demand. If I make things more expensive, maybe y'all won't want it as much. And so then we can start to bring the prices down to a level where you want it, right? So the Fed wants to make things less desirable to lower demand so that prices can stabilize. But what that means, if you have a credit card with a variable rate, which is attached to the prime rate, which is affected by the Fed rate, is that you're going to see an impact within a billing cycle or two. Your debt is essentially going to get more expensive and if they do another rate hike at the end of the year, it'll get more expensive again. So yeah, if you're paying sixteen and a half percent now, by the end of the year, you could be paying closer to twenty percent.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now this is like giving me flashbacks. I remember when I was struggling with credit card debt um, in my late twenties, maybe maybe might have spilled into my early thirties a little bit. But it, it's it's just stressful. It's mm-hmm. like it's like a it's like a boogeyman, or it's just like a cloud that's just like. Hovering over your home Everywhere you go Like it's it's. Ugh I I absolutely uh, Did not enjoy that experience And so if you're in that situation You know I I feel for you Um, We talk And and have spoken quite a bit about You know Ways to increase income I think that's one of the best ways We've spoken quite a bit about Ways to manage expenses And doing all that stuff But I think I just want to talk a little bit more about like the kind of effect that having credit card debt, uh, especially if it's high interest credit card debt mm-hmm. and how that can kind of spread. Because I think there are a lot of people, you know, it's one of the perks of, of being in, in America, and we talk about this all the time, is that you can be quite um, cash poor and comfortable right. in, in America because of the accessibility to credit, right? Exactly. So You can literally spend your entire life not having enough but still live a good life, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you're living on credit. You're borrowing money every single month. You're using credit cards that uh, or credit cards to uh, subsidize your lifestyle. Um, but unfortunately, it adds very little value to your your net worth, right? If any, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. It has zero value yeah. to your net worth. It erodes your net worth, right? Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what are the sort of impacts? What are the implications? of having and carrying and continuing to carry credit card debt, especially if this is at a high interest rate. The first one is that going back to what I was just alluding to with respect to your net worth, you find yourself in a situation where your liabilities are growing at a faster rate And the assets, assets, if you have Mm -hmm. any, right? And so even in a situation right now where the stock market is down, it feels as if the value and the price of real estate is kind of stabilizing a little bit. Those are the big primary asset classes that people will have. That's declining. But now you also have liabilities, which are like moving really, really fast, your credit card debt. All of these other things are just compiled, and they're at significantly higher interest rates. So it's like a battle of the interest rates, right? But Mm -hmm. in this case, they're both all going in the negative direction. And you could argue the benefit of assets is that they have the potential to turn around. That'll never happen with a liability. It'll just keep on growing and growing and working against you. It's like running with a parachute on Mm -hmm. your back, right? And so you want to either remove that parachute, shrink the parachute, or do something to ensure that you can continue to move forward without exerting so much energy or having to create so much uh, income to help take care of all of those debts. And so that's one of those uh, bigger issues. The second one is the impact that it could have on your credit score. So one of the largest indicators that a creditor is going to look at is going to be what's called your debt to income ratio, and if that debt is continuing to grow relative to your income, which Mm -hmm. we know is the case for the vast majority of people, that reduces your credit score, which means that whenever you need to try to find or or, or borrow money again, you're going to have to do it at a higher cost because you don't have the credit score to warrant a more attractive interest rate, right? So this is a bit of the fundamentals of credit, but I think people oftentimes forget that. And I found, especially people like in their 30s and 40s, once they learn the fundamentals, they kind of skip past that, but they ignore how some of those things still kind of impact how they want to move. Uh, so that's one of those things. The second one, or I'll say the last one, um, is just with respect to us being in a bear market you spoke about that and the uh, the likelihood of us being in a recession like you don't have the ability to use any of your extra income to invest mm-hmm. right because so much and this of is an your ideal time discretionary income is going towards managing maintaining or trying to pay off your credit card debt and so you just you miss out on that opportunity to really really grow over the next uh over the next growth period which will come after this recession whenever that is so those are some of the other reasons this is why we're talking about it if you're wondering why it seems kind of a fundamental issue like there are broader implications to having credit card debt carrying credit card debt and especially doing that over a recession so uh, that's a lot of the why we're going to talk about what we can do to help sort of curb this what we can do to eliminate some of the credit card debt
0: so if anything, if you have credit card debt, know that you're not alone, obviously, unless you have $1.103 trillion on your own. But we did want to leave you with a few tips on how to knock it down. And I think the first tip, uh, which is important for people who have brains like mine, is be open to trying a bunch of different methods, sometimes at the same time. yeah. Pick the ones that work, and then when they stop working, switch it up again. You don't have to treat your credit card methodology, your debt payoff, strategy like it's a religion or a strict diet do whatever works right like as long as you're paying it down like just keep doing it until you're not now two of the more popular ways are the avalanche method and the snowball method so the avalanche method involves paying off debts that have the highest interest rates first you basically throw the bulk of your money towards your high interest debt and then pay the minimum on other cards, assuming that you have multiple cards. This way ensures that you're paying the least amount in total. And in a world where interest rates are raising, are are increasing, this might be the best solution for a lot of people out there to ensure that you're paying the least amount as possible. Now, the snowball method is for... Again, people like me (laughs) who need a a a reward, who are reward driven. So this is the snowball method is when you pay debts with the smallest balance first. And the wins that you get from knocking balances down to zero creates momentum that kind of helps you keep going and continue to pay things down. Now, in between the snowball and the avalanche method are a bunch of other tactics, things like, you know, freezing your credit card and ice. Automating payments, sending money directly from your paycheck, there's a lot of things that you can do within each of those constructs. Again, whatever works is what you should just do.
1: Have you ever froze your credit card in a
0: block of ice i have <laughs> I have this was in the early days before like you you know could just store it online like i i yeah, I did I'm not ashamed okay.
1: I just think that's interesting. Really? I mean, there's just so many ways to just get it out if you need
0: to. Yeah, it's but like it's not convenient. <laughs> it would take longer. And By the time I do all that, I would have just told myself, like, girl, is it that serious? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: hot water. <laughs> Solve that problem real quick. But okay. Knock yourself out. Um I think another tip here is to pick up the phone. And this week, I'm actually particularly, um, you know, mindful of that. We've been planning our book tour for uh, quite a few weeks now, and we realized that we need to stop submitting online forms. (laughs) Need to stop sending emails. People are online. Venues (laughs) and people are done online. Like pick up the phone, and we have solved so many problems that way. And I'm telling you, your smartphone. Is also a phone. It's not <laughs> phone just the, it's not just a collection <laughs> of apps and games and things you can do. Pick up the phone, actually call people, talk to someone. Credit card companies have customer service teams, have uh, customer retention teams, right? And I'm big fan of doing this. I think I did this. I can't remember. It's been a long time, but I feel like I was maybe in my 20s. But long story short, I had credit card debt. I had probably like a 15. Point something, you know, interest rate. And I was doing some research. I learned that that was actually pretty high. And I'd been a customer for about a year or so. I'd never missed a payment. I picked up the phone. I said, hey, guys, I would be interested in an opportunity to get my credit card. Interest rate lowered. I'm pretty sure I didn't say these. Exactly yeah, like I was
0: that. like, wow. <laughs> but I didn't demand it.
1: Is my point. I didn't yeah. demand it because I think you you read these stories about people saying if you don't yeah threaten to leave yeah if you don't you know lower my rate I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna take my business somewhere else. You actually don't have to do that. You can just say hey I would love to do this. Here's my situation. And they're gonna put you on hold. They're either gonna say no immediately or they're gonna put you on hold. Act like they're talking to someone, but what they're really doing is looking at your behavior, looking at what they think uh, makes the best sense for mm-hmm. them, and then they'll make a decision. At most, it'll cost you 15 to 20 minutes. But if you don't do it, you're going to continue to pay high interest on your credit card debt. So yeah. just pick up the phone. Um, I think the second benefit to doing this is that it's, it's one of the few times that people who are in debt – feel empowered. Like, I'm going to do something. It's a little scary and uncomfortable, but I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to call someone and I'm going to learn their name and I'm going to haggle and negotiate. And when you get that win, it feels so good. It's very similar to the snowball method that you were talking about, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it may be uncomfortable, uh, it may be irrational mm-hmm. right? in some ways, but, because you would think, like, why would they give you a discount? It's because they can, right? Yeah. And they, they're much more interested in retaining you for the long run than, you know, collecting on the balance that you have. So I think it's a huge psychological boost that oftentimes, like, leads to people wanting to pick up a phone and call the other company mm-hmm. and say, well, I just got off the phone with American Express and they were able to do this. And it just builds and builds and before you know it, like you've spent an hour on the phone, but you were able to like save yourself maybe a couple hundred. Yeah, maybe a couple
0: thousand dollars.
1: So, yeah, pick up the phone, guys. It's still a thing. It's not, you know, like there's no form. The last time I checked, they don't, you know, there's no form online to like, hey, would you like to, no, request not for a rate
0: reduction. Rate reduction Absolutely for, not. for a limit increase, there is.
1: And by the way, it's also not an option. And <laughs> yeah, when you call, them. there's not a pick, press seven if you want to request, right? You're right. going to have to. Ask to speak to an operator. Tell them what you want. They're going to put you on hold. That they're going to send you to the right place. So it's not something that they want people to do, but it certainly is something that can be done and has worked wonders. So yeah. Pick up the phone.
0: Pick up the phone. Call Tyrone. <laughs> All right. So a third tip is to actually similar. Look for an interest-free balance transfer credit card. Now you
1: can find online forms for that stuff. You
0: absolutely That's can. That's a lot quicker. You absolutely can. And I know this sounds ironic saying, like, solve your credit card debt by getting another credit card. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the goal here is to move the debt off of high interest cards and into a situation that helps you manage and ultimately eliminate it. So you may be looking at your existing cards and you see that they tend to offer this service, but mm-hmm. be aware that balance transfer fees are usually somewhere between 3 to 5% on existing cards. So whatever savings that you get from the lower interest rates should be higher than that to make sure that you're not, you know, losing all of your savings by through these fees, right? right? But if you're open to opening a new card, the best balance transfer cards will have introductory 0% APR offers. And these can last anywhere from 12 to 21 months, which gives you an opportunity to avoid paying APR on a transfer until 2023 or 2024. So two options there. If you're going to use an existing card, that feels easier for you. Just make sure that those fees are offset by the savings. But if you're open to getting a new card, you want to look for one that has a 0% introductory offer, which gives you a very focused period of time that you can pay down that debt. I think, again, and I hate to keep bringing this up, but the irony of these solutions, which is why our financial system is so challenging for so many, the irony of these solutions is that they require good credit to begin with, yeah. which, you know, you, you need to build solid financial habits because when you find yourself in a pickle, you tend to have way more options if you are have good credit and you're just in like a little temporary situation yeah. versus this is your normal and now you need a solution and like none of these are available to you.
1: Yeah. The balance transfer tactic is a is a, is a tricky one because if you don't have those strong foundational habits, it can actually leave you in a worse situation exactly than you know before, right? Because one, you've paid a fee to transfer this money over. You're coasting during this 0% mm-hmm. uh, interest period, which, you know, if you don't have if you're not well disciplined you could use that time inappropriately as well yep. um and then you could end up like paying late fees and just like growing interest uh, fees and they'll take that uh, 0% away real quick absolutely
0: you, if you're late on a payment you're late
1: on a payment that yeah. thing is gone forget about it right and so it, it can be a little tricky i'm not a huge fan of that but i do think for people that are in a pickle and you've got some strong foundational habits and and you know what you're doing this is certainly a tactic that you should be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give another one that I would say is actually on par with that. Um, and, and and I'm just going to be honest, it's not one that I absolutely love because I think it it kind of skips over the the, mm-hmm. the grind a little bit that I think is necessary for people to build uh, the habits and the, the practices that they need to managing their debt. But it's, it's debt consolidation. And there's a reason why it exists and which is why I feel comfortable talking about it. Um, but for a small subset of debt holders i think debt consolidation is really a good option it basically is where you combine all of your debts into one big loan so there's someone who, out there or a company out there who's willing to look at all your debt assume rights to that debt uh, and then basically give you a fresh new note at <laughs> a,
0: re- a a remix loan is it's like a remix was <laughs> so like i'm going to let me take all a your Dumbo debt loan.
1: mix it all up Offer you a more affordable rate Mm -hmm. relative to the combined interest rates Mm -hmm. that you are are paying on all of the other loans and then you have the ease and simplicity of managing one payment and one creditor versus however many you had that was a little bit more difficult for you. Yeah. Um, Again, it's it's something that is more beneficial for people who already have uh, strong practices or have a good credit score because they don't just do that for anyone. If you've shown that you've got a good track record, you qualify for it, then these are the types of services that are available to you. So if you're out there and you're thinking that there's nothing in between struggle and bankruptcy, you're wrong oh. like there are other options out there they are going to cost a little bit but oh. they do um for some people tend to make the debt payment process or the debt management process a lot simpler again i think some of the bigger pros is that there's one payment right which just from a psychological standpoint it's one payment i owe one payment one person, this is how much it is every single month. And so regardless of what your trajectory is, it could be that you're you know, gearing up to get a promotion or that you're going to leave where you are. And then when you move, your cost of living will be lower, whatever it is. This is one of those things that you can fit into the plan or into the debt payoff strategy that can really, really help you. The other benefit, going back to what some of the things that we were talking about is, you end up saving money, right? By lowering your interest rate on all of the debt that you have, you are putting yourself in a position to save more money. You have more cash and you can do what you want with that cash. You can invest more. You can use it to pay off that debt faster. You can do whatever you like, but it's, it's, it's obviously one of the bigger benefits. Um, and then the last one is that it gives you like a clear end date, right? It's just like, any other loan, it's like this is how much you're going to pay, this is when it's due, these are the number of payments, you get an amortization to schedule, and you know exactly what you'll be paying and how much um, you'll be paying in total. Uh, so there are some benefits to debt consolidation, uh, certainly an option that you should be looking uh, out for. Again, it's something that's a little bit more favorable for people who already have pretty good credit scores. If not, then you're going to have to start at the bottom to build that credit score, build that sort of trust in favor for credit card companies. And then you can open yourself up to some of the other uh, benefits and programs that they have to offer.
0: Yeah, but even then, you can work with credit counselors along the way. So sometimes you can mm-hmm. partner with a nonprofit organization, and they will assign you a credit counselor who will work with your creditor on your behalf. Are you going to get the same rates that they offer to debt consolidation loans? No. But you might get a debt repayment plan where they're willing to bend a little bit on certain things to help you pay it off sooner. Yep. And I love the point about looking at interest rates as another way to save money or, as I like to say, give yourself a raise. So I think it's important because when I was paying down my debt, I didn't know how much money I was leaving on the table. And I haven't used Mint, which is a budgeting app, M-I-N-T, in a long time. But when I did, it would actually calculate your interest fees and show them as a budget category within your larger pie chart.
1: Well, yeah, you'd get an email. Yeah. Every single time you you paid credit card debt. Yes, Or, or paid uh, credit card interest or a late fee, you'd get a notification.
0: Yeah. And it became like a game to me to try to reduce spending in that area as much as I did groceries and <laughs> discretionary categories so that I could enjoy it in other places. And you'd be surprised how many hundreds of dollars you're spending in interest every month if you've never looked at it. Yeah, It wasn't until I looked at it where I was like, wow, like that's $600 there. As a watch out on the debt consolidation point, I do want to make sure that I reiterate again, it's important to do the math. It's not free, and it would defeat the purpose of consolidating it if the fee exceeds the savings over time of the payoff period. So this is very similar to if you are a homeowner and have ever refinanced your Mm -hmm. home. You're going to be offered a refinancing fee, which is typically flat, and a refinancing rate, which is your newer, lower interest rate. You just want to make sure that the fees are not eating away at your savings. Otherwise, you're kind of defeating the purpose of this consolidation. Yeah,
1: yeah. You're making me think of one last thing before we wrap up. Uh, and it's, it's it's something that we did as well, which is to reevaluate loyalty programs. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially people who may have been downsized or impacted, that are working professionals, especially those that travel, you tend, you tend to create this affinity for these travel loyalty programs. And I get it. People are hardcore. They feel like it's free money. You get the points. You get to flights and hotels and those things are great. But um, you want to reevaluate sort of the bang for your buck, right? So if you're running into a situation where maybe the household income uh, that you have has been impacted, reduced, or whatever the situation is. But if you guys are still holding on to certain practices or certain cards because of the perceived benefits, you might want to take a look at that and say, okay, like – are we going to take a vacation this year anyway? Or the kind of yeah. vacation that this credit card would have allowed these us to take.
0: These points cost us 30% interest Correct. versus these points, which cost us 14% interest.
1: And in addition to that, some of those cards have annual fees. That can Absolutely. be upwards of three dollars or $400 that you're baked into. And so if you don't cancel those cards or shift all of those cards into a free card or something like that, again, while you may lose out on some of the rewards, It's fine. You're not paying this fee. You're likely going to pay significantly less on the interest rate because those rewards cards are far more expensive to carry and hold.
0: This this tip is for me. I'm sitting here thinking about my own spend among my cards, and I'm like, you know what? I do need to shift that. We
1: hold on to. These ideas because, you you know, you, you want to, it's like it's like a game, right? mm-hmm. which is what they want you to do. I'm it like, well I, well, I haven't won the game yet. I haven't taken a big vacation yeah, they're still yet. Yeah, winning. Well, it may be that, like, you don't even want to go there anymore right. or or that's not as important to you anymore. For us, I remember there was a time shortly after our son was born where getting as many Amazon points was uh, important for us because we knew that we were going to be home and we just did not want to have to think yeah. about buying like wipes running. and diapers yeah. and formula and all that stuff. But after a while, that was not the prize anymore. So we had to reevaluate yeah. what we wanted to be loyal to. So I just wanted to put that out there as one of those things that people tend to overlook uh, in the midst of being optimistic <laughs> about and by uh, people, where you things mean me. are going. Yeah, you know, <laughs> subtle jab never hurt anybody. <laughs> All right, final thoughts.
0: Final thoughts. So I'm going to throw back to the episode we did on financial wisdom, which was episode 45, and say that the way that you should be thinking about your debt over the next few months, maybe up to 12 to 18 months, really shouldn't be a good or bad thing, but as a wise or unwise thing. Sometimes when you have a secure job or are expecting some windfall money, you can get really comfortable with high interest debt mm-hmm. and you kind of lose sight of how much of your life is subsidized by these by this credit. And knowing what we know and what we don't know about the U.S. economy over the next few months, there's really not much downside, even if you feel confident in other ways and just buckling down and getting and keeping your debt to a manageable level. Regardless of how confident you are in your earning potential or in the U.S.'s ability to recover quickly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Listen, my final thoughts are if ever there was a time <laughs> to dive deep into your frugal bag of tricks, it is now. Um,
0: frugal bag of tricks.
1: Frugal bag of tricks. I'm going <laughs> to secure that URL really quick. Uh, but no, I think, um, listen, I, we've been talking about the threat of a recession for a couple of episodes, a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Um, I want to say before we even jumped on here, I saw an article where it was sort of made official. We'll see what happens a week from now Mm -hmm. Um, on. Well, in terms of like entering an official bear market. A bear market. So we'll see. Uh, But all signs are, are pointing towards a serious downturn. And so now is the time to really, really make sure that we are managing and are eliminating debt, especially credit card debt. Uh, so uh, listen, regardless of what the government is thinking or doing or proposing, I think one of the best things you can do is to get scrappy, pay it down, get creative. Um, because if you think what you're buying is expensive now, right? Like, if you think it's expensive now, like just think about how much more expensive it's going to be when you just start sending minimum payments to it for three, four months or more, Right. Like it's it's a lot and it yeah. can come back to bite you. So we don't want you guys to be in that situation. Let's go ahead and be team. Pay it off.
0: Pay it down. Pay at it least. down.
1: Get rid of it. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, hopefully it'll all lead us to greener pastures in the future.
0: All right. Well, thank you, team. Pay it down for listening to another episode of the Rich and Regular podcast presented by Success. If you like what you heard, please get creative and get scrappy over on the five-star rating and review page. No, I think it's just called a ratings and review page. (laughs) Leave us a five-star on the ratings and reviews page.
1: All I know is I got pay it
0: down, pay it down in my head. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next week.